1: Back to the morning
2: roast with Bonte and Shasky. Oh, good to hear Harbaugh there. Good to hear Toto. Rains down in Africa. Joe Spadoni in for Bonte Hill alongside Sam Lubman. Filling in for Joe Shasky. Eighty-eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. 957 9570, the number to uh, get involved into the program. One more segment before handing it off to Daryl the Guru Johnson Who's fired up He's wearing his Union City Shout out to you He's wearing his Union City sweatshirt today Along with Jason Dumas Gumas as we're calling it How are you feeling about the year that was Fans And Sam's letting this ride And I love it Alright, come on Thank you All right. I mean,
3: How could you not? You have to It's so good It hits so hard.
2: It does. The YouTube audience probably like what the hell is going on. They're playing Africa by Toto for those on YouTube. Of course. Well, yeah, you only say Toto if you're referencing Rains Down in Africa or the dog from Wizard of Oz, which I also watched over the weekend. I haven't seen a lot of movies. I haven't seen since it was like five or six.
3: Did you ever see uh, the the James Franco one, Oz, the Great and Powerful? I think I saw like bits and pieces. Milo
2: Kunis was in it.
3: Yeah, Yeah. it's like the prequel, like a very uninspired prequel. Yeah, I
2: don't. I don't really care about the wizard because the wizard was a fraud. The whole yeah. time. He was a fraud, yeah. Sam. And the was power it a fraud? Was, the power was within Dorothy all along with their mm. ruby slippers. Everyone knows that. You know what else everyone knows? The Warriors are better without Draymond Green right now.
3: How about I, that? Yeah. I asked Goo who had the worst year of 2023 without even hesitation. He said
2: Draymond Green. That's You know what? It's him. It could be Russell Wilson, who we started the show with, who gets benched for the last two games for Jared freaking Stidham. Hell, Derek Carr Who uh, had the same thing happen to him last year? Not having a good year with the New Orleans Saints. Never recovered from it. Never recovered from that. The Jared Um, Stidham curse. Jared Stidham. Jimmy Garoppolo. Is he having a good year?
3: He had a really bad year. He
2: got paid, so that was good for him. But he is at a very bad year. Injury-wise, getting benched, getting hurt. It's like Tra- Trey
3: Lance, well, you know. Trey Lance, well let's let's, let's, let's do Trey Jimmy. Lance,
2: really. Trey Lance might be having the
3: worst year. Well, let's talk about Jimmy Garoppolo really quick in his bad year because obviously his year started off, he was injured uh, after his, his foot was broken against the Dolphins, and of course he's on the sideline during the, during the, the playoffs there, and the first big Jimmy story that really came out of 2023 is why are you smiling on the sideline when we're losing? Because God forbid anyone show a shred of happiness at any moment during a football because game. Because
2: he knows he's good looking. If he smiles, he'll get it. Uh, I'd, I'd smile
3: like that too if I look like Jimmy Garoppolo. There like, you go. I get to look at that in the mirror every day. Heck yeah. Um But it just kinda oh went it's kinda went down from there. The Niners, it was Kyle Shanahan knew there was no reunion coming. And then, yeah, he goes to the Raiders. He has a chance to have a fresh start, show that he wasn't just a product of uh, Kyle Shanahan's system. And I mean, again, I'll be like, he looked good. In the, he looked good in the silver and black. Uh, he pulled it Everyone off looks there." looks good in that color. Oh well, yeah, just, but Jimmy it brought out. it to a next level. He did. Like Bly- he looked the, as the good. Man, as, he
2: looked like the man in black. Is that Johnny Cash?
3: Yeah, especially yeah. He had the little. He has a little bit of the salt in, uh, in in the pepper of his hair. It just really I thought fit it. And uh, yeah, it went about probably as. Bad as it probably could have gone for Jimmy with uh, with the Raiders. I almost said Oakland Raiders with the Raiders this year. Um, so yeah, Jimmy definitely had a, a very very bad year.
2: He did. Who had the worst year? Eighty-eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Who had the best year? Is it Nikola Jokic? Is it Jamal Murray? Like those guys went in for the Denver Nuggets, their first ever franchise title. Steph Curry was Sam's number three. You know, any Steph year where he doesn't win a title, I think it's a, it's just ah. We wasted a year, right? That's what we've gotten with Stephen Curry. We've gotten to the point where any year that doesn't end with a championship feels like a waste. And that's the ultimate uh, respect you can give to a Hall of Fame type of player. If you didn't win it this year, it's a failure. It's been like that for LeBron's entire career, pretty much. It's been like that for Stephen Curry the damn near the entire last decade. And where are we with the Golden State Warriors, 888 as it pertains to their championship aspirations? Have your expectations and aspirations for this team shifted in the coming months? You know, heading into the season, Sam, they doubled down, hell, tripled down, it felt like, on Draymond Green, Stephen Curry, and Klay Thompson. Now, two of those guys are locked up. Steph and Draymond are going to be here for the foreseeable future. We'll wait and see with Wiggins. I'm not putting him in this conversation because I feel like he's going to be a trade chip. He's just also not playing at the level that we're used to seeing, or we did see at least for a spurt during that championship run. The one guy is Clay Thompson. What are his days here in Golden State looking like? Are they numbered for you? Are they gonna, is 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 it all going to depend on how this season ends? Are they going to are they going to bring him back? Because it feels like. During that King series, when the first uh, contract talks were leaked, so Adrian Wojnarowski back in the playoffs, it's like, Clay's looking for a max deal. That ain't happening. What's that contract looking like for Clay now, and is he going to get it from the Warriors? Oof,
3: that's going to oh, yeah. be a very interesting question. Then we talk about who had a good year or a bad year. Let's just start there. I know you, you asked a completely different question. I'm answering your no, question. No, but it, but it fits. What would that's you say, Klay Thompson, 2023, good year or bad year? I mean, well, it ended of mostly horribly. bad. It
2: ended horribly.
3: Well, like, I think it's his year's ending pretty good because he's on an upswing here, but most of his 2023 kinda. was pretty bad.
2: I mean, I'd say this year's been a mixed bag for him for the most part. I know this, he's had a recent spurt, but he had a very bad Christmas Day performance. He just, That's what we're going to come from, uh, Clay Thompson now. He's going to have some good games. He's going to have some really bad games. That's just what you're going to come to expect when it comes to Clay Thompson's you know, uh, game going forward. And that's just not fault uh, of his. He's had two major injuries. I mean, this is what happens. The guy's getting older. These things happen when it comes to stars. But with Klay Thompson and the contract and having a bad year, he did have a bad year. I mean, I know he had a hot month, but for the most part, the defense has dropped. The offense is inconsistent. And, you know, when you get the good games, it's nice. Now, the, the discernment, the shot discernment has been there as of late because he's kind of been humbled a bit. And this happens with players. There's exceptions to it. Stephen Curry... LeBron, like these guys are physical freaks and physical mar- marvels. Tom Brady, another one where they get better as they get older. But for the most part, you see it like with what you're seeing with Klay Thompson. It doesn't get better, it's a slow decline, and sometimes it's a steep decline. You saw that hell with a guy like Kemba Walker, who's not even in the league anymore. Sometimes it just goes away and never comes back. But with Klay, I thought his shot discernment, his decision making has been a lot better. Um, it's just gonna be fascinating to see these coming months to see if they truly do bring him back or he goes elsewhere. Cause I know Bonte's been on the station. He believes he can get a good contract elsewhere because he still can make the three point shot. He could be a corner guy, whether it's for a team like the Lakers playing with LeBron James, whether it's for another contender out there, he could be a good veteran presence. But for his days in Golden State, it is kind of weird to think about, you know, the big three potentially getting broken up. I I just it just hasn't crossed my mind heading into this season, but this really could be the last year of the big three.
3: Yeah, it's just it's it's a tough reality. that I think Warrior fans should probably start bracing themselves for is that yeah you you could be looking at if you if we have if if, they, if the final days haven't happened already, depending on Draymond Green's return, we could be seeing it happening um, again. Like Clay Thompson, it's like you said, the he will find a contract elsewhere if he does go look elsewhere. Um Mary, he had that, that two year forty eight million dollar deal on the table that uh, that he turned down, or I think there's something like that they couldn't have come to an agreement on there. Right now, I would definitely put that deal back on the table for him. Um I'm down to bring Clay Thompson back. Do you feel comfortable
2: that with that number? Twenty four million dollars a year for Clay Thompson? I think so, yeah. I mean it's honestly the money to me doesn't I don't really
3: care about the money at this point. The Warriors can find ways but to, the Warriors to make it will work care. Out. No, it's it's no, it's, it's money the, matters it's in the, the, the NBA. Yeah, this isn't,
2: this isn't major league baseball. The the there's, always, matter. there's always a
3: way, when you have an owner like Joe Lacob, you can always find a way whether it's, you bring Clay back, you move off of Chris Paul, you move off of Andrew Wiggins, you move off of Draymond Green there's always ways to, to, to clear out money off your cap sheet if you really can, do tr- tr- truly want to find a way, um, but no like we were talking about, you know, who's benefited the most from Draymond Green's absence. Low-key, Clay Thompson has been benefiting a lot from Draymond Green's absence because you're really starting to see the space around him open up for him to work with. Because uh, a lot of times earlier this year, you know, you see Clay get the ball— and immediately guys were right on top of him. And we know where Clay's at his best. He is at his best when he's in his catch-and-shoot mode. And he just hasn't had that space to operate with because when you're on the floor with Andrew Wiggins, who couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat, if you're on the floor with Draymond Green, who outside the first five minutes you know, can't shoot a lick during the game, if you're on the floor with Kevon Looney, who is not a floor spacer at all, you don't like those are a lot of shooters you don't need to worry about there. So you're able to focus more of that defensive defensive attention on Clay Thompson. And I think that's kind of was a big part of the the slow start to his season this year, on top of all the other stuff. The the natural aging decline, the, the poor shot selection, which probably was a product of him being forced into tough situations because of the lack of spacing that he had, that he had to take these these, you know, poor shots. Since then though, you're not seeing that because you know he's sharing the court with you know Steph and Pajemski now. You have that extra shooter there with Pajemski to add a little extra space. When Jonathan Kaminga starts hitting shots, that's another guy you have to start paying attention to. And so now it's you you can't start you know doubling guys up on Clay or you have to play with a little bit more space off of Clay because you have to honor the the, the shooting abilities of the other scorers on the floor. So yeah, it, it's it's opened things up for Clay. It's really turned his season around, and it's again. It's it's shown an avenue to where if Klay Thompson wants to have success with the Warriors long term, maybe it, it it in order for it to happen, it needs to happen with Draymond Green not being on this team.
2: 888-957-9570. We're talking Draymond Green's absence, how it's affecting the other players, Clay Thompson, amongst others. Your thoughts here as the Golden State Warriors take on the Miami. He trying to get back on track. That was a game that you felt like you had in the palm of your hand. You're going up against the defending champs on Christmas Day, Sam, and it all just went to, to, to disgustingness. I don't even know if that's a word, but that's the word that you know Steve Kerr used, disgusting, the officiating in the second half. And listen, he didn't blame the officials per se. He's blaming the league and how they're training the officials. Take a listen real quick to Steve Kerr talking after the game and the loss to the Denver Nuggets.
0: I have no, no problem with... Um... The officials themselves, um, they are all across the league, we have really good officials. I have a problem with the way we're, we are um, legislating defense out of the game. That's what we're doing in the NBA. The way we're teaching the officials, we're just enabling players to BS their way to the foul line. Um, if I were a fan, I wouldn't have wanted to watch the second half of that game. It was disgusting. It was just... You know, just baiting baiting refs into calls, but the refs have to make those calls because that's how they're taught. So I have a real problem with the way we are. Um, we've legislated defense out of the game in this league, and uh, the players are really smart in this league. And for, for over the last decade or so, uh, they've gotten smarter and smarter, and they're just um, – they're just enab- – we have enabled the players, and they are taking full advantage, and it's a parade to the free throw line, and it's disgusting to watch.
2: Thanks. Thank you for dropping – getting that cut, by the way. Disgusting to watch, and thanks is an It's all disgusting
0: time. to watch. Thanks. Thanks.
2: Is that what people are saying about Sam Lubman and Joe Spadoni here on the morning Rose? No, they're not saying that. Filling in for Ponte Hill and Joe Shasky We're here tomorrow as well. we are wrapping up the week. Well they're Don't feeling worry. us
3: they're feeling us in the chat right now. Matt Nahegan's gassing up all the listeners in the chat right oh now. There's there's so much joy to be found in the YouTube chat right now. It's a very rare If moment. I
2: need, ever needed a hype man in my life for anything, it might be Matt Nahegan to get me gassed up and fired up. He liked that. See like see, I gotta gas up my boss there too. A little, little self plug there. Uh I do like that. Jimmy is out in Dublin. He wants to join in on the conversation. What's going on, Jim? Oh man,
1: I'm good. How you guys doing? Doing great. All right. Yeah. So I mean, I I spoke with my dad. Man, as soon as the, soon as the suspension, you know, was laid down or whatever you want to call it, you know, the 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 whatever you want to call it, and I said, Dad, watch the Warriors go on one, meaning, you know, watch them start winning, watch them go on a nice little streak, and watch the players that were struggling, you know, start flourishing and the players that weren't getting that much playing time due to Draymond, watch them get thrown into the, watch them get thrown into the action and watch them start flourishing. And that's exactly what's going on, man. I think Draymond is a momentum killer. I mean, how many times have we seen over and over when the Warriors would be going on a run or it would be a tight game and then he pulls one of his shenanigans out of his hat? And it, it just kills the whole momentum. I wish somebody could see a stat where – You know, how close the game was when Draymond would get attacked or get ejected and then just how the Warriors just, you know, just like just fall apart.
4: What you'll wear on that third date? Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum ten dollars per order. Additional terms apply.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to twenty percent versus AT and T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
4: Put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to forty-five percent. Up to forty-five percent off for a limited time at BlindS.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
2: Have a good rest of your day. Thanks, Jimmy. That's Jimmy out in Dublin chiming in. Uh a momentum killing stat. I'm sure there is something like I that. I like
3: the shenanigans. I was hoping he was gonna come up with you know shenanigans per game. Yeah, that, Ky- that's a stat I wanted. Yeah, like Kyle shenanigans. Kyle shenanigans. Yeah. There you go. I don't have that drop in front of me. <laughs>
2: And it's all good. Um It's interesting, right? This run that they've gone on without him because it all goes back to leadership for me. And that's the one thing, the accountability. Last season, there was no leadership in that team. I'm looking at Steph. I'm looking at Clay. I'm looking at Draymond. I'm looking at Steve freaking Kerr. Bob Myers as well. How they handled the Jordan Poole situation was horrible. They could not have handled it in a worse way and ended up destroying the entire season and the dark cloud was there. The dark cloud came back this year because it's Draymond Green. He was the dark cloud. Excuse me. And he still is, to some degree, on the court when it comes to some of these boneheaded mistakes. And now we're seeing without him some of the leadership taking place. From Steve Kerr. From Chris Paul. From Stephen Curry. From all these guys. There's a buy-in right now. And I just hope... That when Draymond does indeed come back, whether it's this month, whether it's next month, whatever the hell it is, that the buy-in is from his part as well. Is he going to buy into this team when he comes back? Or is Steve Kerr going to revert to the old ways, you know, let, let let Draymond Green run amok, do all this sort of stuff? Or is there going to have to be a new approach, uh, Sam, from Steve Kerr, from Stephen Curry, from these veterans, when it comes to communicating with Draymond Green and these young guys?
3: Well, I think it's part of just what kind of Draymond the Warriors get back, too. Because, again, he's supposed to be doing counseling while he's away. He's supposed to be, you know, I don't know how many people actually, you know, have gone to therapy. You know, I, it's something I've been doing, you know, for the last four years. I have a therapist that I see regularly. Hey, it's good not, for bringing that up. Yeah, no, no it's, it's very important. It's just the stigma
2: it, of it and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Real quick on this, though, are, are we maybe blowing it out a little bit out of a proportion as far as like the therapy of this goes? I know they're saying. You know, get right and stuff like that. At the end of the day, we're just asking you not to like just smack a dude in the face on the court. Well, yeah, I mean that's kind of where I was going. Like, with that's that what is, I'm saying. Like, I'm not trying to psychoanalyze here. I don't know if like he has an anger management quote problem. I think he's just doing boneheaded. I think there's games. a control
3: issue there? I think I don't know what's going. On. Again, we never know what's going on behind the scenes with people. And uh, but there's this thing that with with you know, these counseling's, these therapies like that. Like it's not just a cut and dry thing where. You walk in, you have a session for an hour, and then you're good to go. Or or you do that for a few weeks. It's this is there's work you have to do on your end. Simply showing up and doing the sessions is not enough. Um and again, like if he's going for a few weeks and they say, Okay, you're good to go, does he stop? I I, I wouldn't think he should. I think you should keep doing it. There's there's nothing wrong with going to see someone who like the reason why I see a therapist, it's just it's just nice to have that third party person who's not connected to your life who can offer that outside insight that you're you may not get from yourself or you may not get from family members because you know there's that with with family it's just complicated because there's that bias yeah there's a bias yeah, there, a bias a, there, there. A bias. it's nice to have that unbiased viewpoint there uh, of of you know, that outside opinion to kind of help you through certain problems of your in, in your life like that. It's not just because, it doesn't have to be because things are going wrong. You know, life's difficult, you know? I mean, look at the gestures wildly at the world. Look at all that out there. It's it's difficult out there. There's nothing wrong with just having someone who you can kind of go to and blow that steam off. Maybe it's just as simple as Draymond needs someone to go and blow steam off, of, you know, in, in that sense. So...
2: A big part of his, yeah. I thought that's what? what his podcast was for. I mm. thought that was his, his I mean, outlet <laughs> for it, right? Is that going to come back when he uh, comes Again,
3: down? that's probably the worst way to do it uh, because you have no feedback there. You're just, you know, spouting off your own thoughts and thinking that you're right because of it. Um, no, it's going to be a big part of what Draymond comes back. If Draymond comes back and it's just you went through the motions, you checked off whatever boxes the NBA set for you, and the NBA just like, well, oh, you know what, whatever, you can come back, do your thing. That's probably not going to be a good thing, then, for for the Warriors, because it means that you probably won't see a big difference in Draymond Green. Um, again, I just, I don't know if he's a, it's not about what he is off the court, either. It's just, whatever you get back from him is going to be a big determiner for what the rest of the season's going to look like, basically, and how Steve Kerr approaches that. If, I mean, what if he comes back and they decide that the best option for Draymond Green is, hey, man, I think you're better coming off the bench. You know, he said in the playoffs last year that him coming off the bench was was great against the Kings, because it enabled him to, to to win that series. You know, or in Bo- against Boston in the finals, him kind of coming off the bench, he said that was the right move to do. It helped them win that series. Draymond has admitted in the past that when he comes off the bench, good things happen, but it's never been for a long period of time. He only had to come off the bench for a few game for one game or so at a time, and then he was right back in the starting lineup. Will he react differently if it's you're coming off the bench indefinitely for the rest of the season? Because that's what we feel is the best thing for this team to win. If Draymond objects that and if he starts playing, you know, I don't want to get up for games in in March mode, then that's going to be a real problem. And then you're that's great. You're going to be doing this for the Detroit Pistons next year. You can finish your career near your hometown, Saginaw.
2: Like maybe I'll get a win. I mean, he might twenty seven straight. By the way, Detroit Pistons playing the Boston Celtics today. Chance at infamy, tying the. Longest losing streak in NBA history. Is that Spotty, game on national TV? 2014-15 uh, Philadelphia 76ers. It might be. It should be. I, I Listen, we said this at the beginning. NBA to,
3: TV, here we go. They need to
2: start. Yeah, it's not really. Yeah.
3: It's in-bought. Tickets as available for as low as $151. Well,
2: because they're in Boston. It's right in right Boston. Yeah, yeah, dude. Watch.
3: Celtics fans, they want to see history tonight. Oh, God.
2: I'm telling you, make this must-see TV every time they're on there. Because you don't want to lose to this team. And honestly... The Warriors got it back of their mind. Pistons could be coming into town. Could be coming into town next Friday on a thirty-plus game losing streak. Better not lose to that guy, Cade Cunningham, Monty Williams. By the way, getting cashed out and then having one of the worst streaks in NBA. Like
3: he's got that security. Is man. he going to be one and done? He's got six years. He's going. Come on. It's
2: he's got he's, he's lost basically got 27 a blank straight. slate you can't come back from this he's got a blank
3: slate to work with just start building up you got Kate Cunningham to build around you got the theoretical center in James Wiseman who in theory can play center yeah. in practicality maybe not you know this is it's, it's they're in a rebuild in Detroit let's just go with that you know a, a 15
2: year long rebuild oh my god 888-957-9570. talking about disappointing years. The Detroit Pistons, as a whole, just might be the worst. That might be the the winner takes all right there. Uh, I saw someone that responded to me on uh, Twitter, and you can follow me on Twitter at Spadoni underscore Joe if you'd like. Follow at Morning Roast nine five seven as well. Sam can plug his uh, Twitter if he would like, formally, or ex formally Twitter, I should say. Um, someone's like, I'm a Pac twelve fan and I'm an A's fan. R I P. Both of them, the Oakland days. You had anyways. a
3: pretty brutal twenty twenty three. It's then. pretty brutal. Pac twelve had yeah, one of the all time well Pac twelve had a really, really good twenty twenty three while at the same time having a really, really bad twenty twenty three. They could
2: have the winner of the college football playoff. The championship could be a Pac twelve team on the final year.
3: In their final year and that's Washington's one way to potentially. go. Out. Hey,
2: Penix, by the way, guys for real, he may have like no ACL on both of his legs. It's legit, man. He's legit. I thought he should have won the Heisman, and then I saw Jaden Daniels' stats, where he had like two thousand rushing yards, something ridiculous. He was unbelievable.
3: Really quick, going back to Detroit. I mean, Detroit probably had one. Of, a, a Detroit usually has bad years. Detroit had a pretty brutal year this year. The Pistons are pretty bad. The Detroit Red, Red Wings finished but second the last in the, won the division. The, like Lions the Lions are the Lions one count, thing right? that's kind of keeping them up right now. And yeah, the Detroit, Detroit Lions are basically keeping the city of Detroit afloat. Right now, we had the caller earlier. He said, you know, the Lions are going to win more games this year than the Pistons. Know, does that mean the they city might. of Detroit have a good year or a bad year? Is it good just because the Lions were good for the first time in our lifetime, Spadoni?
2: Yeah, no, seriously. We were both, I think you were born 93 as well. The first time in our lives, the, uh, they have won. It's going to be their, their, their
3: first division, yeah, since 91 was last time they won. 90, was it 93 or 91? Yeah, 93. Yeah, they're going to host a playoff. First, I mean... Talk about like lit playoff games to be at. How lit is that Detroit play? That home Detroit Lions playoff game going to be?
2: It could potentially be against their old quarterback too, Matt That's Stafford. So much better. That like that, that that could be like talking about the scenarios. And we're a couple weeks here away, so we're getting maybe a little bit of our ahead of ourselves. But some of the scenarios that could happen in the NFL playoffs, I am so rooting for them. Maybe the biggest long shot here, but Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns in the AFC Championship heading back to Baltimore. For his last time playing against the Ravens, man, I don't Hague think it's looking, that crazy. Higgins looking yeah. at me like he doesn't care. That's a story, man. They moved off of Lamar. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl there, coach. What mm-hmm. was Super Bowl there. He was on the couch. I mean, he at beginning beat this year, beat them again. Yes, he was on the couch. Call him I mean, Joey Flucco. the Year. This is Jim Plunkett 2.0, coach. Now nah, relax, he's won a Super Bowl before that. Jim Plunkett didn't win anything. But you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like,
3: scenario-wise, like, that's one. I think it's very possible, because again, the Ravens are probably going get the one seed, and it's going to be a hodgepodge of, you know, Chiefs and, and Dolphins in that 2-3 seed. Uh, the four seed is going to be whichever comes out of the the, the poo heap that is the, uh, the AFC South. And the Browns are you get the champion of the AFC South in the first round. And I'll take the Browns against anyone in the AFC South right now. Uh, then your sixth and seventh seeds, it's going to be Indy, Houston, Jacksonville that might be it. I don't I don't think any of those teams are, are beating the Dolphins and the Chiefs Raiders. in the first round of the playoffs. Raiders are alive. The Ra- I mean, but yeah, if the Ra- if the Raiders get the Dolphins or the Chiefs in the first round, maybe they just, it's, beat, it's, the they Chiefs. just they beat the, just the kick, Chiefs. They just kicked their ass. But I overall though, I think it's definitely setting up for a one versus five Ravens Browns showdown in that second round. Uh, so we might get our wish and that could be the weekend after the Detroit Lions host Matt Stafford in the first round of the playoffs. And you get your first home playoff game in over 30 years, and you have to risk losing it to probably the best quarterback in your franchise history. That would be such a kick in the nuts for the Lions. Well,
2: we're here. We're talking about it. Brian Baldinger talked to us yesterday, and you can find the entire interview, uh, search 95.7 The Game on YouTube, download the Odyssey app, Brian Baldinger, NFL Network, former NFL offensive lineman, our 95.7 The Game NFL insider. He agreed with me. The team you just brought up and Matt Stafford the Los Angeles Rams, he believes they're the biggest threat to the Niners en route to a Super Bowl. Take a listen to this.
5: The way I don't think anybody wants to see the Rams right now, the way they're playing. And the way, you know, when Kyron Williams is running the way he is, he's a factor. He's a real factor. He's a heck of a football player. And all the stats say that when he's in the lineup and getting 15 or more carries, he's their McCaffrey. Um, he's, excellent. he's excellent in every phase of the game. He's a really good back. But the way Stafford's thrown it right now, whether it's Nakua, whether it's Cup, Atwell, Demarcus Robinson, he makes throws that really nobody else in this league is making right now. He makes these spot throws on these choice routes. It's almost impossible to defend. And then defensively, like those rookies aren't rookies anymore. Byron Young and Kobe Turner and some of these guys, like they're playing at a high level. I mean, it might be a shootout with the Rams. I think they could be really tough.
2: And also, he thinks the Lions could be another tough out for the
5: 49ers. I think if you get to Detroit in a playoff game, that also can be a shootout. That offense is very, very good. They run the ball very well. Their offense line is as good as anybody's. And so then it's a question of, you know, can their defense hold up against 49ers? I I think both teams are capable of putting up big numbers against each other. I know we like to think that the
2: Niners are a level ahead of everyone else. They're a tier above everyone in the NFC right now, and that may be true. But on any given Sunday, this team could lose. And they just got their asses kicked on Monday Night Football against the best team in the AFC currently, the Baltimore Ravens. But that's the Baltimore Ravens. That's the AFC. You got to worry about the NFC right now. Niner fans, is there anyone you're worrying about, even after this past performance in the NFC? Eagles, they're still lurking. The Cowboys just had a disappointing loss to the Miami Dolphins. The Lions. Is it the Rams who you'll be facing in two weeks at Levi Stadium? That could be a massive game with massive implications for a multitude of things. You're going to want to win that game because, you know, the Lions are right on yours. they though tied with you. Now they don't have the conference record that you have. But if you lose and the Lions win out, hey, they're the number one seed. And then you'd have to travel to Detroit potentially for an NFC Championship game. And you'll take your chances anywhere. You're going to be inside of a dome. You don't have to deal with the elements. But I'll say this. That fan base is crazy. Sam alluded to it. This is the first time in 30-plus years they're going to have a home game in the playoffs. A home game in Detroit. They're going to be going nuts. They're going to have the expectations sky high. Gibbs, uh, Jameson Williams, St. Brown, Jared Goff, all these guys. Aiden Hutchinson on the defensive side. They got some studs there to be concerned with. So Niner fans, is there anyone you're concerned with right now in the NFC? 888-957-9570. I still think it's the Rams, though. Sam, for yeah. me, the way they're playing, they know you in and out. I know you've owned them in the regular season, but that one game in the mm-hmm. back of your mind, you know when you face them in a winner-take-all scenario to go to the freaking Super Bowl, they got over on you. And that's uh. a big mental hurdle to clear. And I know Brock Purdy wasn't the quarterback then. That's another issue there.
3: Well, yeah. So, well, first off, two things. Uh, first, what I said about the AFC, I, I totally forgot to mention the Bills are still in the playoff picture. Yeah, they're um, decent. They'll they'll probably get the sixth seed behind the Browns. And honestly, I think the the Bills could be the team in the AFC that no one wants to face right now because they've got things figured out right now, and they got one of the more dynamic quarterbacks in the league in Josh Allen. I've always been very high on Josh Allen. You know, interceptions aside. Um, but no, we're talking about the NFC though. Um, no, yeah, it, it, it is the Rams. I think is the biggest hurdle right now, and the reason I would still feel good about that. Is I know there's there's the mental hurdle. Of what happened in the NFC title game a couple years ago? And if you want to play the the excuse card, it's the Niners win that game if Jaworski Tart comes up with the easiest interception of his life. Um,
2: Maybe the but, game wasn't over quite then because they were like midfield. Well, they were at, like midfield, well,
3: but, they were yeah. at midfield, but no. The, what happened was you had the drop interception, and then the very next play you had that big pass to OBJ that got him into the red zone. And that just when that happened, it was it was over. Like the momentum of the game had completely shifted. And that's just that's just how it works. Sometimes in these games like that, the if you look at the you know the the game log of the plays and stuff like that, it may not look like a whole lot, but in that moment, the entire energy of that game shifted. It was not just the fact that the Niners basically lost their chance to seal the game. It's then they then gave the Rams the new life in the very next play right after that. If that pass is incomplete, or if Matt Stafford gets sacked on that next play, and the Niners can get the ball back, then yeah, we're talking about a completely different story. But when you blow your chance to put the game away, and then you open the door and let your opponent sneak back in, like what they did with the Rams there, it completely changed the entire mental makeup of the entire game. And it just from there on, it's like, okay, now if you're the Rams thinking, oh, now I have another chance. And then then you have that momentum, you can ride it the rest of the way. That's basically what happened in that game, if you want to play that excuse card. The reason why I would feel better if the Rams came up here uh, to play the Niners in the playoffs is because they would be playing up here at Levi Stadium. You're going to have that home game. You're going to have that home crowd. Oh, I thought they had the home crowd in LA. No, a legitimate home cooking crowd here like at, at Levi Stadium. So, like, yeah, are the Rams a scary boogeyman right now in the NFC? Absolutely. But if I'm the Niners, I, I got boogeyman repellent. I can handle that. I'm feeling very, very good if the Rams have to come to Levi's and face the Niners in a playoff game. And it would probably be in the second round, too, because again, I think the Niners are going to hold out and, and get that number 1 seed. I think they're going to beat Washington this weekend so, uh, soundly. And then when the Rams come to town next weekend, you know they're going to be playing for their playoffs lives probably. But the yeah, it's Niners...
2: gonna be a t- That's going to be a tricky little game. It's going to be a tough one. Because the Eagles right now, and I did sleep on the Eagles in this scenario, because I'm not sure about the tiebreak scenario here. Maybe, Coach, you can look up this for me. The, the conference records are the same right now for the Eagles and the Lions. I don't believe they play head-to-head this year, or have they played head-to-head? We'll look into that. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five. I don't think so because they play the uh, the Cowboys this week, but they don't play the Eagles, right? So, so I don't know how what goes after the conference record and stuff like that. So it's a little tricky. But you don't want like to,
3: strength of record, yes, yeah, strength like of that. victory
2: or something like that. So that changes something every obscure. week. Something obscure. So you don't want to go to Philadelphia. We all know that. I know you handle them early, so you don't you don't have that fear like you would have. I'd rather not go to Philadelphia in uh, late January. I know that it could be a rainy day. It could be rainy day. Hell, I don't even. Does it even snow there? I don't know. Cold weather, yucky. All right. Dome team, I'd be okay with. But you can't let up here. That Rams game is massive. Massive. The Lions have a tough one against the Cowboys, and the Eagles have pretty easy schedule the rest of the way. They got the Cardinals, Jonathan Gannon, former defensive coordinator, coming over now to play them, and then they got the Giants to wrap it up. And they did struggle. And that's in the New York too, I believe. It is uh, Tyrod Taylor. Oh, we'll I mean, again,
3: if, uh, division games are different. The Giants played a yeah. very tough last time. I, that won't. I mean, it's if there's going to be no easy. There's no easy lunches in the NFL, obviously. So I don't think it'll be any, uh, an easy lunch there. I'd say so, the I Niners, still think the Eagles win. The out,
2: Niners though. have the harder. Test than the Eagles have at this point. Yes, because of that last game against them. That's the the Rams are a playoff team, and you have to play a division rival. Granted, at home, to try to lock up that number one overall seed. So I think the Niners wish they had won this game against the Ravens, so they could sit guys against the Rams. But they do not have that luxury uh at the moment. eight eight nine five seven nine five seven zero Sam, who, who's having the best year? In 2023, I know you were really high on this. So, who is your? You, you gave your top seven for the King of the Hill, but I want your your unabashed. Who's having the best year of 2023 in sports? You're having the worst. I
3: mean, just all around. Again, obviously, minutes. Brock Purdy's the guy here. I mean, all around the the entire sports world, though. I mean, there was a time you could probably could have said Patrick Mahomes at the start of the year. That might have faded. Uh, Maybe Nikola Jokic just by like he finally got that ring to go along with his MVPs there. I'd say
2: Jokic too, but it doesn't seem like he cares about it. So um, <laughs> he doesn't really care he, about. Well, that's why he out. had such
3: a great year. He finally got to go home. Uh, sports Illustrated put Deion Sanders as their Sports Person of the Year, which I thought that was a very premature. Yeah,
2: that's an interesting one. He was really massive for a short stretch, and then they just started to lose. They started to lose. Granted, they did have three more wins than they had last year for Colorado. Um... But man, yeah, having them as a sports... I think Lionel Messi might be mine. What he's done for the sport of MLS. The guy's just massive, massive, massive in this sport. He just came off a World Cup victory. This isn't uh, David Beckham. This isn't, you know, uh, whoever you want to throw in there. Some late 30-year-old, a 40-year-old coming over to just get a paycheck. This is the greatest player in the history of the sport coming over to play in America. at still the peak of his games. Maybe not at the super peak, but damn near close. You kind of guys just won a World Cup. And he came over here to play in Miami, of all places, an expansion team. David Beckham, the owner of that, uh, by the way. And just, he took the league by storm. Everyone's going there now. LeBron, Kim K, Matt Nehegan's trying to get tickets for the station to go over there. By the way, Coach, can we get those if he comes to San Jose? Can we see some message? There you go. He said yes. Okay. lock it in. Let's go. I think they might play at Levi's, by the way. <laughs> They might do like they, they're like Messi is such a massive uh watch now that they're gonna go to football stadiums in places normally they wouldn't do. Like in Atlanta, I think they actually played a football season, but uh New England, all these places, they're trying to go to football stadiums. He's that freaking massive. My worst? <sighs> Who's having the worst year? Josh McDaniels might be having the worst year. The guy's not getting a head coaching opportunity again.
3: No's having to probably the worst year I would go. I like Josh McDaniels, probably Bill Belichick. Yeah. I mean, he went. He's from, going
2: out pretty sad, isn't he? It is. He's he going had out a pretty really, sad. really
3: bad year. He might be done after this year. Uh, it's it's pretty pretty paltry the year that he has had. So yeah, I think Bill Belichick, at least in the NFL, might be the. Worst, uh, worst year in sports. Fast, fast Five times. Sam? I think it's Fast Five time. It's time for the Xfinity Fast Five. Mean, mean. Your last chance to get in on the morning roast. Brought to you by Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic
2: Wi-Fi. Unbeatable internet. Only from Xfinity. Best one loss tie percentage in games within the division. It goes to then I'm seeing from the Big Boss Man. He sent it five times. So, uh, made me want to see it. So, there you go say that because the Niners, Eagles and Lions are all tied at the top of the conference at 11 and 4. Those Niners, Eagles, obviously the head-to-head and then Eagles over the Lions. So the 49ers cannot afford to slip up. Warriors, they're hoping to get back on track tonight against the Miami Heat. My final thought is Draymond Green, stay home. Stay home. Relax. We got this in Golden State.
3: Did, That's my final did the Miami Hurricanes have a good oh. 2023? I don't know. Probably they, they had a whole well, on. The, they, they got a tough They got a top five recruiting class, so things are looking up. They need to figure out their quarterback situation. They'll probably figure that out in the transfer portal, hoping for Cam Ward out of Washington State. Love to bring him down to South Beach. Uh, my final thought is uh, just don't embarrass yourselves in uh, New York. I know going to uh, up north for a bowl game in the cold weather can always be kind of tough for uh, uh, the South Florida guys. But uh just just don't get embarrassed by Greg Schiano. Don't don't let that happen.
2: Don't want to do that. Oh, 5 l as we go uh Xfinity Fast Five here. Where we give our final thoughts to the show and yours brought to you by the next generation TenG Network, only from Xfinity the Future starts now. Mac Jones tied along with Bill Belichick there from the five one, having the worst year. I'll add in Antonio Pierce might be having the best year. He might be getting a head coaching go- job. He could. Can be. you imagine the two best coaches for the Raiders the last two decades. Outside of the Gruden years they we pretty good, but the early 2000s anyways. You got Rich Bisaccia and Antonio Pierce's interims. I think Mark Davis might learn from Jack Del Rio state. for a second. Eh, for a second and yeah.
3: then, uh, yeah. Really, really quick to the YouTube chat before we get out of here. Alex on the YouTube chat with, uh, bringing up a really good mention for the worst 2023. Might be the Sharks. Oh. They're just garbage all year long. They were hot play. for a second, Oh right? yeah, they play themselves out of the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. So, yeah, pretty bad year for the Sharks, but you know what? It's got to be brighter days ahead because they really can't get much darker. Yeah, the, uh, than, we, uh,
2: not, the A's are in a separate category dar. of just depression, so yeah. we're not even going to bring them up. Thank you, Guru, who's dar. coming up next with Jason Dumas. And that was the Fast uh, Xfinity Fast Five, brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now with Gumas.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network,